hello, hello, and welcome to the first edition of a rebrand of this podcast and show. It's no longer the Fern. We've come together. Noah Hemer and I know is on the, on the other side of the Skype wall, the video, and Noah, say hi real quick before, we, before I introduce the new thought process behind the name of the podcast. How are you doing? Fresh off spring break, trip to the motherland, Columbia, feeling great. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, birthday's on Saturday. School this week's been going well. Just grinding out the semester, so it's been pretty solid. All right, good. doing a, having a good time. So what I like to hear. really excited to see. To I'm really excited for the rebrand. Yes. of our pod. Yes, and it came just so quickly to to my brain, and we were just bound. You were you had a name that I just thought of one. I'm like, what is? You know, there's a lot of things that are. We are so that you and I are, are proud of. You know, we've made a lot of great smart predictions. We like to th- look at both sides of the analytics, the eye test, try to combine everything. And then that got us thinking what is the one thing that binds us together more than anything? And that is our love for our Lord, our Queen, our Muse, the mother of our life, Sade, the Nigerian British Queen. And then, like, how can we honor her? Let's think. What's our song? You know, we start thinking about. I mean, it was like the song in that stuck out so quickly is "No Ordinary Love." If you haven't listened to that, you you're missing out. I mean, we're now that we're rebranding and it's not just sports. We could go on a five hour distrib- description of just these songs and discussions of these songs in general. But "No Ordinary Love," and then I'm thinking it's just simple. A no ordinary pod. Just this is no, no ordinary, ordinary pod. pod. It just no ordinary pod. It's just it's simple. It's just too, it's just perfect. It is. We you were you text me you're rolling on you said you were cracking up. I mean, I was I was laying in the middle of campus uh on a blanket under a tree before class and you text oh, wow. me that and I was literally I was I was laying on Landis um and I was uh. laughing so hard. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people were looking at me laugh, looking at me while I was laughing, but I did not care because it was so funny. You shouldn't care, man. Were people throwing frisbee, ripping frisbee on Landis? Uh, there, no, nah, there was like this whole. They had some convention going on at Landis because mm-hmm. the union's under construction, so everything gets moved to Landis. Ah, uh, any Quidditch matches still go on there? Landis, yeah, frequently. Uh, what is? I for okay, so that's right next to. Is is Strozier the library? I never went there. If you can't tell, um, it is, and I'm not surprised. The one time I went there was was to deliver my brother McDonald's during finals week, and then I walked into the McDonald's. I walked out, and it never went in there again. But I lived in that dorm, the dorm, the music dorm right there. I don't don't even remember what it's called either. But um, yeah, that's our podcast name, No Ordinary Pod. We're going to have a YouTube channel that should be up within the next weekend. We're going to post clips because, you know, not everyone wants to listen to us ramble on about, you know, defensive coverages and stuff like that. So, you know, the main topic of this one, we're going to post probably, I don't know, it depends on how long we go. We'll post a little video. We'll send that link out. We'll tweet it out. I think you and I are both going to be more proactive on social media, especially Twitter, because, you know, the thing about Twitter is, I read this, I read this like a couple years ago. It's like, you want to make sure every time you tweet, that there's meaning behind it. You're not like one of these meaningless tweeter, tweeters, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, tweeters, that's right. Meaningless accounts just like p- 
post their opinion on everything because people don't really care about you for that. Like people follow me for basketball takes. People follow you for college ball, football takes. So we're going to feed that. We're going to give out more. I think the plan is you're going to have your own YouTube channel pumping out your own content. I'm going to have the No Ordinary Pod and maybe my own, but that's the plan for the new rebrand. Logos in the works. Uh, fellow compadre between Noah and I, Adam is going to be doing that logo. Well, knowing Adam, he says he has a logo. We'll see if it gets done. But if not, we'll have a new logo, all that stuff. And we're very excited about this. You texted me last night saying it's time. I agree 100%. Let's do it. So we'll start. We're recording this starting at 9.50, Thursday night, March 20th. Just saw our beloved Florida State Seminoles lose to Gonzaga by 14 points in the Sweet 16. I think it was 14 points. I turned off after that. But the game was a lot closer. Um, just, we're just going to share some closing thoughts on this on the Florida State basketball real quick because I've watched probably – I started college at FSU 2011 – my freshman year, we won the AC championship, and then we had some nice runs last year. We went to the lead eight, should have beat Michigan, didn't. But this was my favorite Florida State basketball team that I've been that I've watched. I love their depth, size. They play as a team. There's no superstars. It's it was awesome to watch this team and watch them battle back tonight. No Phil Kofer um, dealing with his injury and his father's death. Um, rest in peace. Um, Nichols, our transfer from, I don't remember, I can't remember where he transferred from, our backup point guard who's a stabilizer, didn't play in this game. Savoy goes out with a stinger, comes back, not the same player. There's just a lot of things. It was just an awesome team. And that's just my thoughts. You know, they came back, should they had every chance to take this game by the throat and lose, but they lost to a phenomenal Gonzaga team with NBA talent. And it was just Awesome. You you got to attend some of these games, attended the Duke games. So what are your final thoughts and closing the chapter on the 2018-2019 Florida State basketball team? This team's talented, man. They they got talent at every position, but we just didn't have, like you texted me before, we just didn't have that true point guard to kind of orchestrate everything in the way in which this talent needed to be orchestrated. Um, Cabin Jelly and Chris Kumaji were Two of the best big men I watched all basketball season. Um, consistently running up and down the floor. Their effort level was always there. They're making shots. They're getting offensive boards. You know, Because um, a lot of times you can get the big guys that kind of just mope their way down the field or down the court, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't really put a whole lot into it. But these guys were balling, running fast breaks, catching oops, you know, from Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann is one of the best basketball players, uh, one of the best college basketball players I've ever watched. Um, myself in person, the the things that he can make happen on the offensive on the offensive side of the ball is it's crazy. But this team tonight really missed. I think their true leader, Phil Kofer. and um, I was in the training room one time. Phil Kofer was on uh on the gravity treadmill, and uh, this is just in honor of our savior. And our uh, our beloved Queen Sade, he the was once the wearing mother, the mother of the podcast, <laughs> the mother of the pod. That's great. Um, he was wearing a Sade concert T-shirt, and oh, I went up to him and I and I complimented him on his shirt, and he just looked at me with real respect and was like, "Yeah, thanks, bro." Um, oh. So even more so that after that moment, Phil Kofer obviously became my favorite basketball player, and 
he was the heart and soul of this team. And I think they really missed his leadership and his presence tonight. Um, obviously, for obviously he's got family things that he needs to go deal with. Like, rest in peace, his dad. That's, he found out right after the first uh, after the round of 64 game. And that's just that's tough for anyone to hear uh, at any point, let alone right after you're in your last run of March Madness, your senior year. So uh, best wishes out to Phil Kofer. But this team has a lot of talent. Probably the most disappointing part of it was, or disappointing player in my opinion, was MJ Walker. Um, I had higher expectations from him coming into the season. But, you know, he's a sophomore. Uh, we'll be a junior next year, assuming that he stays. And oh, he's staying. Yeah, he yeah, just made a definitely. yeah. He he just he just made a lot of freshman esque mistakes. Um, but you can see that the talent's there. It, it, the, the question of talent isn't there. It's about getting him on the right same page with the rest of the team and making sure he plays within the confines of the uh, of the offense whilst controlling the ball. Uh, turnovers were killer to him, and he didn't always take the best shots because he believes he can make any shot, which is true. He can. But it doesn't mean you need to be taking bad, bad shots just because you can make any shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a shot. You know, they pulled it within four at one point um, with, a, like I want to say, three and a half minutes left or so. And I was in my living room just screaming, just keep it going because I knew that the window of opportunity for them to take the lead was getting shorter and shorter. Um, but they just had some bad possessions, had some bad turnovers down the stretch uh, during the entire game, but in particular down the stretch when they couldn't really afford it. Um, and that really killed him. The, uh, what was, uh, Trent Forrest mm-hmm. was unbelievable tonight. Yeah. I've never seen him play like that ever. Um, took over the game was the only, uh, was the only Seminole in double digits, um, was literally taking people just dribbling around, taking people to the hoop and somehow, some way finding a way to get the ball in the, in the, in the basket. So overall, I'm not... I'm proud of this Florida State team. I think I told I was telling everyone or everyone's asked me what I was thinking about the game, and I said if we can get past this Gonzaga team, I think this team wins the national title. Um, and I meant that, but I knew that even more so than when if slash when we would play Duke, I knew that this Gonzaga team was going to be the team that we had to get past to be able mm-hmm. to play any of that. And it was a very tall task, and it was a very you know we would have to beat. Gonzaga one seed we would have had to beat Duke probably more than likely beat Duke as a one seed as well so we had a really tough road to get there as a four seed um but we played well down the ACC down the ACC tournament we played well um down the stretch in this game like we should a lot we should have been down like within after the first four or five minutes of the second half we should have been down 25 points or so but we kept it within 10 our defense was was our defense travels and it was solid but we just didn't have the organization that we needed to be able to orchestrate an offense to get consistently good looks at the basket instead of just relying on pure talent to get the ball in the hoop yeah it was i mean we were very misseeded mis we were not a four seed that it was it I, blew my mind it really was i'm like we go it, it just shows conference tournaments mean nothing that's what I take from it because we beat Virginia and Virginia Tech, two teams in the Sweet 16. We narrowly lose to Duke, and it was I think we lost by 10, but the score was a lot closer than that. I mean, it's same, same thing like tonight. We just, it just gets away from us at the end. But, I mean, with no point guard, with just all this stuff going on, it was just – I'm just it's like I – had, I had him in the Final Four, and that's not me being a homer because I 
trust me, I'm the furthest thing from a homer from comes to Florida State and the Bucks and all of these things as you could get because I try to talk with knowledge because if I if I become one of these people's like, oh, that's my team, like I feel like I lose credibility, which is why I'm only a fan of Liverpool football, these, Liverpool soccer these days. But looking at this team, Raekwon Gray, redshirt freshman, Trent Forrest, junior. He, and Trent Forrest is going to have so much confidence after this. You got Ty Hands, a true freshman, didn't play much. Um, Savoy's gone. You have Nick Nichols is gone. Polite, six, he's, yeah, six, six. Polite's the lefty, the third, number 13. He's back. Man's gone. Um, who else is there? Your boy, MJ Walker, he's a sophomore, should be back. And then the guy, Cabin Jelly. Did I say that name right? Yes. Cabin Jelly. I wrote an article today. From, I write for Hoops Habit. Before the NCAA tournament started, I tweeted, why is this guy not getting any more any, any hype? Goes out in the first game, dominates Murray State, 20 points off the bench. 20 points off the bench, crazy efficiency. Round two, same thing. Wrote an article this morning. And just like, it just, I just, it just flew so naturally. I'm like, I love, of any big man... He may not he may not be have the most refined offensive game, but he does everything that you want from an NBA perspective. Can shoot. He went over, went four for eleven, zero for two from three tonight. There was no spacing on this team. There was no spacing, and he's going up against three. I mean, Gonzaga was playing three big men in Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, and um, and Tilly, because we couldn't shoot. So they just played these three freaks of nature tall guys that just just literally sat in the paint for the whole game. He had seven rebounds, two blocks, eight points. Like, And he had to play in extended minutes. So he's a redshirt sophomore. If he comes back and FSU's recruiting class is as good as – let me look at it real quick. Let me look at the uh, recruiting class real quick. If it's as good as we've been recruiting as of late, this team this team's going to reload. We're we're legit a point guard away. Like, you saw, the um. I mean, yeah, you saw uh. How organized Gonzaga was, for a large because that Perkins guy, Perkins their point guard. That's so that's so important, to a basketball team, especially at the college level. So. I mean, you 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 nailed everything. You were there. This team was awesome. The blowout win over Murray State, the close win over Vermont. Beating Virginia, I mean, for the last month or two of the season, we lost to North Carolina, Duke, and Gonzaga, the three best teams in the country. That's fine. You want to go out losing to the best, and that's exactly what we did. Um, so, kudos to you, um, Leonard Hamilton. Love what you've done. And I know, I know some of this. I used to play this thing called Noon Ball, where me and a couple and another equipment manager. We'd go to the practice facility. We play basketball with them, and we got to know we got to know them. Gaines and Cy, the two two assistant coaches, you recognize them if you saw them immediately because they're always the ones firing up. The, they're great recruiters, and they're great people. And those people you need with Leonard Hamilton, and Leonard Hamilton's seventy, which is still the most mind blowing. He's seventy. Seventy years old. He does not look even close to being seventy years old. Nope. Like he has his his body language screams that he's a seventy year old man. Don't get me wrong, but. Looking at him, oh, I thought he was in maybe his 50s. Nah, dude. Wow. 70. I did not know he was 70. You, you, you don't know the history of good old Leonard? Mm, obviously he, not. He brought... Yeah, dude, he was born in 1948. 
Man, that dude is ancient. You ready for this? He coached. He was Oklahoma State's coach. Then he went to Miami, brought Miami to prominence, and then went to the Washington Wizards. And I'm 99.9% sure. Let me see the roster. Double check. Why don't they show me this roster? My bad. Give me two seconds. Um, let me see. All right, here we go. We didn't have him? No, okay, he was the coach for the Washington Wizards the year before Michael Jordan came back and played. Okay. Yeah, and then he went to Florida State. So, I mean, he's done a great job with that program. So, yeah, he's old, man. But that he's he's not like the best X's and O's coach, but his teams play tough, and he has a certain type of player he likes, and he plays exactly the type of basketball I love. Defense, defense, and in transition. That's what I coach my basketball kids anyway. Like, we don't. We don't run zone. We're not going to run zone because if you run zone, you're going to get lazy. So I love everything about Leonard Hamilton. But all right, the main topic I want to talk about is we're going to switch from the college basketball ranks to the NFL ranks. And something you and I discussed, I mean, let me see. Let me see when he was hired. Let me see. When Cliff Kingsbury was hired... As the head coach of the January 2019, January 8th, he became the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So pretty much three months from this date. You and I came on that podcast literally the next day and very quickly said one thing. We, we literally said then, Kyler Murray, trade Josh Rosen to the Giants. Two days ago. What do you know? Tweet comes out. Giants are exploring a trade for Josh Rosen. The trade, there. I mean, the trade for Josh Rosen, there's, there's a couple teams. Chargers, Patriots, Giants. Three teams looking for successors. Two of them from the same draft class, Foot Rivers and Eli Manning. And Brady obviously needs a successor. So, it seems there's a lot... There's old saying, not even old saying, when there's smoke, there's fire. There seems to be a lot of momentum towards Kyler Murray going one. A lot of momentum going with him, which means you don't have Rosen. And looking at everything behind this, I agree a thousand percent because I thought Rosen was the third or fourth best prospect last year. Looking fast forwarding now, I think he was the fifth best quarterback prospect in that class. So, I think you're still wrong about that. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Rosen because, okay. Do you want to compare Rosen to Kyler first, and how he f- in that, or do you? How do you view Kyler versus Rosen? Well, I think it's just two completely different types of styles of offense that you're trying to operate under. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. Josh, like for example, Josh Rosen. If the Patriots somehow, some way, got their hands on Josh Rosen, I told Nino this uh, on the phone a little, uh, little bit ago. I go, if Josh Rosen gets traded to the Patriots and he is groomed under Brady for even just one season, and then let's say Brady retired after this season, you know, and um, he took over, he will be the best quarterback in the draft that came out last year. The He doesn't have the attitude and the, per, and, the, and the personality, the infectious personality that Baker does. He doesn't have the supreme athleticism that Lamar Jackson does, and he doesn't have a cannon with legs like Josh Allen does. But what he does do is he 
throws the ball better than any of those any of those guys. His spirals are tight. His and it's what I've been preaching since last year. His intermediate passing game is second to none, and he was playing in probably the worst scenario possible for a rookie quarterback last year by playing for the Cardinals. That team couldn't even get David Johnson involved in a positive manner. Like Larry Fitz struggled, and Larry Fitz hasn't had a poor season, statistically speaking, literally ever. Mm-hmm. And he even struggled, statistically speaking, last year. So that 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 team was just lost, like was lost without Bruce Arians. Um, and Leftwich did what he could, but he came. Leftwich only came in halfway through the season after they. Um, who did they relieve? The old Chargers coach, McCoy. Yeah, after they relieved uh, McCoy, you know, Leftwich came in and things started to at least look better. Uh, the process started to look better, but Kyler. You you run so many different things, in my opinion, for Kyler because it's just a different style. Like Josh Rosen is your classic Tom Brady type of quarterback. Okay, have him drop, have him drop back, have him read the field, have him make the throws. He's not going to do anything more than that. Kyler Murray is dangerous because you can he can extend plays that Mike Vick, Lamar Jackson, and and Russell Wilson can extend like th- that that's the that's mm-hmm. the type of that's the type of elusiveness that we're talking about with Kyler and the and the, like again it comes back to the whole baseball thing he played baseball he can throw from a weird platform he doesn't need his feet to be perfect Josh Rosen has great footwork why he played tennis in high school like that translates so well to the quarterback position is playing tennis and having being able to flip your feet like that and having a good solid base. Josh Rosen needs that solid base because he doesn't have necessarily the like Kyler Murray has better arm talent than Josh Rosen, but I like the way Josh throws the ball better. Kyler can do more things because he's more athletic, but I like the way that Josh Rosen runs an offense. I I enjoy his how he commands the offense and what the type of style that he would like to run for cliff kingsbury i have no idea how he's going to take his air raid offense from texas tech and implement it into the nfl system it's kind of the same similar type thing to no one was really sure how chip kelly was going to be in the nfl after running a, essentially a spread running a spread option offense at oregon we knew that that offense wouldn't work exactly in the nfl because Defenders are too fast. They can run sideline to sideline so much faster than 19, 20-year-old college kids. So it's going to be interesting to see how Cliff implements his air raid offense and see how like how they use David Johnson, how they use Larry Fitz, and, and, the, and the other pieces that they bring in. But Kyler allows you to run option, allows him to extend the play in different ways and Josh Rosen makes you run a more conventional pro style type a pro style I hate using that word but more of a conventional drop back Mm -hmm. and pass work off play action type thing with Kyler Murray you can do a bunch of rollouts and his last option is literally take off and go because there aren't a whole lot of people I'm confident about this there aren't going to be a whole lot of players in the NFL that are going to be able to keep up with his change of direction okay to circle back to the all so you take are you still saying you would take so Baker over Rosen for sure? 
and then you go Rosen over Lamar, if you're, your offense, you are building your offense, is Rosen number two, three, two or three on that list? I would say two, but I think he had in, in the right system. I think he has the potential to be one. Okay. Um, would you say that Josh Allen had lesser talent or better talent on offense than Josh Rosen did? Uh, better talent from an offensive line standpoint alone. Okay. I saw more from Josh Allen because jo- I am all in on the Josh Allen experience from what I saw. Mobility, arm talent. He's not gonna pick and pick you apart in the mid in the at this point in like the ten to twenty yard range. But he pushes the ball downfield. I haven't seen that from Rosen. Maybe it's because the pre- the situation. That's cool. But I did a little just I did a little thought process real quick today when I was doing some quick prep for this. And I'll ask you. I'll ask you the same things. Okay. Who has a who has a better who has a stronger arm, Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen? I would say Kyler Murray, just based off what I saw in college. Okay, accuracy, better completion percentage, tighter tighter fit with the window. Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen? Based off just just off, off the t- top of my head, I would tape. I would I would say it's been a while since I've watched the Josh Rosen tape from UCLA, but I would say Kyler. All right, so I'm right there with you. Mobility. Uh, that's yeah. Track record of success, winning in this stuff. Well, Kyler was a starter for one year, but I mean, I take that with a grain of salt, yes. in my opinion, yeah, because the because the programs between UCLA and Jim Mora running that place and Lincoln Riley, former you know, <laughs> taking over Bob Stoops in Oklahoma, two completely different ball games. Okay, improbability. Ability to make plays when the, when the when the play breaks down and come up with something out of nowhere. That's that's why Kyler's ready to be take take over Arizona's offense because there are going to be a lot of plays that are broken down mm-hmm. and he can make things happen. Right. Josh Rosen needs the offensive line, but I think his ceiling is higher because he can make all of those throws. I, I, you can say that with any quarterback mm-hmm. with a clean pocket, but I think. With a solid, with a decent above you know, average to above average offensive line, I think he can command an offense that no one. He's like I like this is how I rank the quarterbacks. Lamar was the best athlete. Baker was the best competitor. Josh Rosen is the best quarterback. Okay, I got a couple more. I got a couple more. Make plays just, everywhere. That I know, I know, I know. Make plays everywhere. Kyler can run. A multitude of offenses is how I put it. You can install a pro style. You can install a spread. You can install a lot of different things. I favor Kyler as well. I favor quick release. I've seen Kyler get rid of that ball in a flash. He has he has the baseball the baseball release. It's quick. That's my thinking. Um... And better fit for the Cardinals offense at Kingsbury. That's Kyler Murray. The only thing that when I sat and thought about this, the only thing that Josh Rosen has, in my opinion, on Kyler Murray is height and weight. 
Mm. That is, I disagree. I, I disagree with that. Which, 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 which parts? I mean, I, I understand that you think that Kyler Murray can make more throws. Um, I've seen him make more throws. Fit tight in a tighter window, but I think from an NFL standpoint and moving forward, like I said, I think if you get Josh, Ro- if you get Kyler Murray and his prime conditions and you get Josh Rosen in his prime conditions, I will take, I will take Josh Rosen. You, the way I look at it is you can build an offense around Kyler Murray and he will make your deficiencies. He can cover deficiencies. Josh Rosen needs perfection. Josh Rosen has an injury history. Josh Rosen has all of these things and, the way I look at it is, I don't know. I just the only successful standstill quarterbacks in these in in, in this mod, in this age are the old are the old heads. All of these young players and quarterbacks that are making waves, they can make plays with their feet. Goff, Rosen, and Goff are very similar to me. Is Rosen gonna find a McVay? A, and we've seen what happens when Goff when everything's not perfect for Goff, for Goff. And that's how I feel about Rosen. I want the athlete. I want the person who can improvise. I want the tight window throw. That's just something I value, which is why I think for Arizona in particular, this is a no-brainer to get a second-round pick or a third-round pick. for The days that we thought, you and I thought, you know, Giants just trade Rosen, trade the sixth pick for Rosen, that's not going to happen. Giants are not going to trade their number six pick, especially with... Haskins and Daniel like there's other quarterbacks that are there that would be available for them but the offense I want to construct and the team I want to construct I want a Kyler Murray and I per I honestly think I wasn't big on Darnold or Allen I I kind of withheld judgment I put Allen at Josh on at five because I wanted to see I never I didn't watch Wyoming and you watch Wyoming play Nebraska and stuff like that. He didn't blow you away in any sense of the means. And we look and we see completion percentage. You saw this, but that guy can that guy throw, takes chances. He has, and he makes so many plays with his feet that I just I've always just had a, not a soft spot. I've always just want dual threats because your offense can be so dynamic with that. And with Rosen, unless he's Phil Rivers accuracy accurate, and you and you seem to view him in that sense he's i just don't see him him getting any better him being better than a darnold better than a um even a josh allen or better than a Kyler murray in my eyes that's unfortunate because i think whichever team gets their hands on him is going to be getting an absolute steal um you think you think you think he would be okay sitting behind Brady for two years, Rivers for three years, or Eli for another year? You think he can handle? I mean, he goes to the Giants, not a better situation. He goes to the Chargers. Chargers are inclined to win in the next two to three years. He goes to New England. It's a system, but will the system still be there when Brady's gone? So I don't. I mean, I would say yes, based off all the times that Brady hasn't been there. They've had quarterbacks succeed, so I don't know why Josh Rosen wouldn't succeed. Is Belichick walking off with Brady? I, you got McDaniel's there still, and I hate to—I mean, it's different because you're going from Belichick to McDaniel's, but 
McDaniel's just the offensive mastermind behind all that. Right. At least over the last whenever after he took over after he got fired from Denver. All right. Let's do a quick let's just do a quick run through. I just want to ask just want to see where you rank Rosen in the NFL scheme. So do you take him over Matt Ryan? Would you want him him or Matt Ryan? Are you saying just like for me to start like put Rosen in Matt Ryan's situation? You put yeah, you put you put Rosen in the Falcons. Is he is he going to put up similar or is Atlanta close to being a better team? Yeah. Right now you put Rosen in Atlanta. Do you value dang you you don't value Matt Ryan that much? No. I think Matt Ryan is afraid to push the ball down the field. I think I, and that's how I feel. That's how I feel about Rosen. I watched the only game where I watched in UCLA, and I know it's not the best situation, but those Pac-12 defenses aren't the best at all. And I watched him come back on Texas A&M, and that was impressive. That was very impressive what he did that game. But besides that, I'm not seeing. I'm just not seeing it. Uh, so you you said you like his upside more than um, Jackson and Josh Allen. So him or Cam, you put him him or Cam Newton. Well, I have to take a healthy Cam over Josh Rosen just because a healthy Cam can do so many different things. Okay. But if you're going to say that Cam's going to – if you say someone has an injury history, it's going to be Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to take, you know, full 16 games, I think I might take Rosen in terms of like – if I knew I had 100% no injuries on Cam, I think Cam is a top four quarterback in this league. Rosen with the Panthers' talent, though. Shaky O line, not really the best receiving, especially with Greg Olson retiring. But you know who they just hired. I'm trying to think who they hire. I forgot. Um, is it DeFlipio? No, DeFlipio's in Jacksonville with our boy Foles. They just hired someone to run their offense. I thought they still have North Turner. Is it still North Tur- North Turner? I thought they. Maybe I was think interchanging that with Jacksonville because I was excited for the Nick Foles reuni- uh, reunion. Yeah, he's still in. He's still. At, yeah, it's still. It's still the Turner family. Um, I mean, I'd take Cam. I'd have to take Cam Newton. Yeah. Okay, your your other boy Trubisky. I would take Josh Rosen in a heartbeat. I I I I view them as similar, not similar skill sets, but. If I had either of them, I'm looking elsewhere. I'm trying to improve my quarterback position even more. Um, healthy Andy Dalton with the health. No, Josh Rosen. I, I see. I like Andy Dalton more than Josh Rosen. If everything's if the O line's healthy and he has his weapons, I like. I've seen Dalton do it. And, nah. Is what is what is Rosen's ceiling to you? You want me to give like a comparison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the, we're not we're not really the biggest on mount uh, on compa- in terms of like comparison, but like who is what is the best version of Josh Rosen? Somewhere between Tony Romo and Philip Rivers, <sighs> at a minimum, in my opinion. Wow. I think he's definitely Philip. I think he could definitely be Philip Rivers. Wow, man, that's, that's the the the, nuts. the 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 
when you look at Rosen and you don't watch like, and you just watch the process of how he does things, it, that's what I that's what I love about Josh Rosen is the process of all of the things that he does. He does all of the things, in my opinion, from a f- fundamental standpoint, hundred almost hundred percent correct. But like you said, he does need more perfect situations than someone like a Cam Newton or a Kyler Murray or a Russell Wilson. Something that I don't I I don't like to think of NFL groupthink and I don't like to think of all these things of like the NFL GMs know what they're hundred percent know what they're doing and it makes sense, but it, it's it's kinda telling me that the teams yes, the Patriots are very interested in him because that's like a, a sh- immediate that's like that's their immediate successor and they have enough draft capital where they can waste a sec a, th- a second and a fourth or a third and a f- third two thirds or two seconds to get rid of him to go get him get him in the system if they don't like what they see they cut bait so that's that but the giants passed on him last year why would they circle back the chargers are desperately searching for um a, a successor but who knows how long Fit river is going to play and the, these teams I'm listing that we're talking like, you know, the Bengals, I'm not hearing anything about them. The Broncos have Joe Flacco. I'm not I'm not hearing any rumbles about them trying to get involved in these trade rumors. The Dolphins have a massive need at quarterback. Not not even entertaining the not even entertaining the thought. Um the Raiders. People think they need to get rid of Derek Carr. Not hearing anything there. So I mean there's not the Redskins are going into the season with Case Keenum and Colt McCoy. And they're not they're not touching Rosen. So that's why it's like all these things, they're like, it's just really a weird, unique situation. This is like, it's not like the Marco Fultz thing in the NBA because Marco Fultz had, has nerve problems like in his shoulder and he can't shoot. And he was traded a year, almost two years after he was drafted number one overall. Rosen now... Is not in the does does he fit where the? It's just tough for me to imagine him fitting where the NFL is going because you look at Lamar Jackson in the run heavy systems and he's going to improve as a thrower. You got Mahomes, multi crazy offense can evade pressure. Baker the same thing. Like I just, I've never been a fan of these stand in the pocket quarterbacks, and it's just I don't know. I want to be proven wrong because. I like I like how Rosen challenges authority. I loved him coming out of college because of his mind, like what he had a hot tub in his dorm room and all these things. Like I really love that side of him, and I'm kind of backwards from what other people are because I love that side of him, but I don't love what I see on the on the field and stuff like that. So, I mean, do you? Okay, ultimate test, ultimate question. The and it hits home, and and this is a nice transition for. The rest of our next topic. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting there at the final year of Jameis, who said he wants to play at 250 pounds, which I don't even want to discuss that because that's fun. That's hysterical. Um, he's trying to literally become Big Ben Osberger. Um Would you rather have Rosen or Jameis in in the in the Bruce Arian system? Well, it's that's a tough question for me to answer. 
because I've been waiting so long for Jameis to pan out. Because um, the the talent just oozes from Jameis. Um, and a Bruce Arians. I mean, I like what I. Th- the thing is, is I think if I think if I think Arians has the potential to take Jameis into literally becoming a top three quarterback, top three, top four quarterback in the NFL. Jameis. Yeah. But you just and I and you just said and I think I think ceiling wise no, and I no, that's what that's what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. I think that Rosen, I think him and I think Jameis and Rosen would do similar things. In the same offense, like I, I, I see, J- Rosen isn't as talented, but his fundamentals and his technique and uh, his mental processing is on the same level, um, if not higher than Jameis is, in my opinion. But Jameis can make, Jameis can make, like we've said before, Jameis can make any throw in the NFL from the worst throw, like why did you throw that there, to the to like the jaw dropping, like how did you get that there. Um, that's not that's not Rosen's style, but Jameis literally can do that. Again, Jameis, former baseball player. I see a correlation. <laughs> You're Jason Light. You have Jameis right now on a one-year deal. Say Jameis doesn't. I mean, I'm I'm like. It's it's just a. I don't know. I want to see Rosen in different. I want Rosen in the Giants, but I kind of don't because I think with no Beckham and that and that pass catching, that pass catching corpse, that O line, that is that is ugly. That is ugly, ugly, ugly in my eyes. And he's I not, really and don't. He's, I, and he's going to a lesser. I think he's going to a lesser situation from Arizona to New York if he goes there. I think you're downplaying how bad that situation was in Arizona last year. And I am, and I. Still think the Giants are just as bad. I think they're headed there, but Saquon's cool and all. David you know, Johnson's one of the best running backs in football too, and you can have Odell. You have Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram compared to Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Did you see how many times though last year that Eli was the whole reason why that team didn't score more points? He I, literally could not throw the football at times. And I and I, and I I know that, but he, that's when they had Odell for most of the season. Now Odell's gone. St- you think Sterling Sh- Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram? I'm waiting for Evan Ingram to blow up as this do it all tight end. That wasn't he drafted before? No, he was drafted after OJ Howard. Yeah, like three picks or so. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just a matter of disagreements, and the and the great thing is we get to wait and see because. I don't know. I just, I it's just, it's just a very. I mean, I don't believe Charlie Castery. I mean, he's not the. He's a smart football guy. Been around forever. He said that he wouldn't take. And I'm not taking his word for it. This I have my own mind. I'm just like saying he thinks that the Giants would be dumb to trade for him because he thinks Dwayne Haskins and and Daniel Jones, which I that's just are better prospects than Rosen. But Haskins is the same mold in my eyes because he needs a perfectly clean pocket. He needs all of these things. He needs everything to be perfect for him. But, I mean, I feel like we've 
we've been talking Rosen, which I mean, this is this is the beauty of how you and I work is that it's no ordinary pod. We turned a four or five topic podcast into a twenty-seven minute discussion about Josh Rosen, and I think we've nailed almost every part of this situation. So I the Bucks transition is perfect. So let's move on to the Bucks draft real quick because we have a couple of things we want to hit. We have about 16 minutes left. Um, and, and we can pa- we can pause this, send this to the Radio St. Pete, and we can just keep going anyways afterwards if we want and post that clip anyway. But the Bucks, number five, it's safe to say we agree their biggest needs in order are safety, DB, running back, and O-line depth. We in agreement on that? Or pa- um, pass rusher, pass rusher, pass rusher. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I would throw D line depth in general, um, and put pass rusher. Okay, that, is that number one, or is that after? Is that before or after safety? No, I would say safety help is first and foremost, and then after that, I would go pass rusher, then O line, then running back. You you really like our you think you really. I mean, I'm I'm in agreement. No, you, I just our young DBs. I, I I do like Ronald Jones. But I think that this running back class is just so deep, you don't have to prioritize it that highly. And that's the same thing with the DB class. And, I, we're, and we're counting on the DBs to take and, a step forward. Cause if they don't, and same thing with the interior O-line class. Mm-hmm. This interior O-line class is nasty deep. You don't have a Quentin Nelson, but it's nasty deep. I mean, you got, there's some, you got Jonah Williams, too. You got Jonah Williams. You got Jawan Taylor. Hold up. Hold up. This is why I don't get mock drafts because Jonah Williams, the the tackle from Alabama, has he's like a top five prospect, top three prospects everywhere, and he has him going fourteenth in this in this mock. But whatever, it's just a mock. But a very popular mock selection for the Bucks is Devin White Devin w- from LSU. Mm-hmm. Phen- and this is no slack on him. He is a phen- you saw him everywhere on the field. When he played, he stood out on that D line on that defense for LSU amongst a defense of NFL players across the board. So I was about to say it's hard to stick out on LSU defenses, like it's hard to stick out on Alabama defenses. And he stuck out. Don't the four seven the the low the low the slow the slower forty time doesn't matter. This guy is silent as He's everywhere. He's a popular pick to the Bucks, and you and I don't like that. Not at all. Because it's not that I don't like it; it's just I don't love it. <laughs> it makes sense, and not even because if you're going to draft a linebacker that high, he has to be Luke Keekley. And we already have Levante David, who is a player near and dear to your heart. Nebraska, the Bucks, all pro, heart and soul of the defense, and you dra- and you sign a Todd Bowles staple of his defense. Um, the original box um, box safety in Deion Buchanan of those dominant Cardinals teams about from about two or three years ago. You bring him in. You brought Buchanan in. Why would you then draft a inside linebacker? When are you going to be able to deploy? How many teams are successful in a base defense of four three running three linebackers? Yes, you have White under a rookie contract, and Buchanan's only on a one-year deal. And yes, Devin White is a perfect fit for the for Todd Bowles' defense. But you have a chance to draft a Montez Sweat or a Sean Gary. 
I mean, just so many just... Just I mean, even even Josh Allen can fall to you if these quarterbacks trade up and got like you get one of these players, your defense now, that improves everyone across the board. That that is just I it's just for once, you know, I, remember a couple years ago? I I just, I just want to say one thing. Let me remember a couple years ago how every one of their mother mocked Vernon Hargraves to us. Yes. And then it came to life and how big of a bust that was, although he came on last year before getting injured early in the season. I was cool with that one. This one, I'll be happy. I just really hope it's not true. I'm with you on that. Um, I hate the Bucks predictability uh, when it comes to the draft. Um, Except last year when we drafted Vita Vey over David German James. Yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, I think in the I think in the long run, that's I think it's actually going to end up panning out, and it allows us that's to yeah. be more flexible right now in what we want to do. Um, but I just think that there's, there's, there's different ways that this team can get help. And I think that, yes, Devin White would be an awesome talent to add to this defense would be a guy that we could have in the middle and would allow Levante David to do other things that he's better at. You know, he is a solid, uh, pass rusher at times, not necessarily straight off the edge, but blitz in blitz packages, um, he can cover it. He can cover people. He can take a running back out of the backfield. He can take a tight end down the field. You know, he has he has the ability to do those things because he's smaller. He's undersized slightly. But there's so much talent for the interior D line in this draft, and it would just pain me to see us not take a stab at one of those guys. And this, this is kind of this is the reason why I had a issue with us taking Vita Vey last year. This draft is loaded at D-line. Loaded at D-line. Last year's class, the two best D-linemen were Vita Vey and Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst dropped to the fifth round and went to the Raiders because he had uh, a heart condition that, and if you get a heart condition, you your career is jeopardized to be even more limited so he dropped to the fifth round then john gruden picked him up and he was a stud this year shocker um not at all but vita vey was we picked the the best of a not so great interior d-line class and now we're about to pick the best linebacker of a not so great linebacking class i think if we could add if the bucks could add more to that interior d-line or get one of these pass rushers I'm still a big brian burns fan i obviously biased i watched him at practice i see the things that he could do it's incredible the bend that that dude has is unreal um no one no one on fsu's o-line could block him but at the same time fsu's o-line couldn't really block a whole lot of people so it's hard for me to really gauge that entirely um but you have brian burns at and i'm not saying taking him at five but you have the potential to potentially trade back acquire another pick get still get what I want to see is us potentially trade back if we don't get a uh, a Josh Allen from Buffalo. If we don't trade back, I would like to see us get something like that. But if we could trade back, you could still trade back into you know, 10, 11, 12. Get yourself a Brian Burns who can, I think, in my opinion, I think his best position is suited as a 3-4 outside linebacker. Um, because the dude is so athletic. He can cover. He 100% can cover running backs out of the backfield or tight ends down the field. This dude 
if if FSU coaches last year wanted to, they could have played Brian Burns at middle linebacker and then played Josh Kando on the edge and had both of them on the field at the same time. If they really wanted to, they could have. So I would like to see us, but I mean, everyone wants to see their team trade back a little bit and pick up picks. But if that was a, if that was a possibility where they could trade back, try to pick up picks and still get one of these top interior or just these top pass rushers or top interior D linemen, that's huge. Um, Cause you're acquiring more picks while also doing that or dropping back, acquiring, taking a linebacker like Devin White, Devin Bush, one of those two. And then also allowing yourself to take a D-line that's not at the cream of the crop, but is still, you know, a solid second round pick. Still a solid, in some drafts, would probably float up to the being a first round pick. Obviously, things have to work out. Stars have to align. Teams have to take the players that you want them to take. Teams have to take the players you don't want them to take. Things of that nature. Um, but that's that's me. I wouldn't be upset about the pick for Devin White because he is fast. He is explosive. He literally is sideline to sideline. It's impressive. But I don't think he helps get this team to the next level as quickly as someone like a Josh Allen or even a Brian Burns or even honestly taking an offensive tackle and just solidifying that offensive side of the ball and just being like, this is what we're doing. We're taking this guy. Boom. That's it. Not necessarily at five, but just in general mm-hmm. um, and for with our first round pick because if there's something that Jason Lice taught us over the past couple of years, he is going to try his best to finesse and to switch his pick number. He did it with the Vernon Hargraves. He traded from nine to 11 and then still got his guy, acquired the second round pick, wasted it on Roberto Aguayo, and now we're here. <laughs> it's funny. I will say, <laughs> go ahead. I will say though, I think if Roberto was ever given another shot, I think he would succeed. But the pressure of being a second round place, second round pick kicker is just far too much for one of the biggest head case positions in all of sports. He was given another chance. He lost to the Chargers guy last year, I thought. But I mean, it's funny you mentioned Roberto real quick, Cook sidebar, because it's actually another good segue. Because I mean, I we're in agreement with this trade back. There's defensive talent. This is so much defense. You need D. I mean, this our starting D line right now, JPP. Gerald McCoy, who you have some inclinement to cut, which I, either way, I'm cool with. Vita Vey and Carl Nassib, who was a baller for us last year. Um, and we have some depth. Golson, Bo Allen, and Noah Spence. Noah Spence, whew, please come on. Our, and then we have Shaquille Barrett, a guy you you sent me immediately. Like This is a great pickup. He's going to be a pass rusher situation. And our linebackers are those two, him, Kendall Beckwith, but it's mostly going to be um, be Dion Buchanan, Levante David, and then some combination in the secondary of Carlton Davis, Vernon Hargraves when he's back, MJ Stewart. Do we? I, I don't know why we have Brent Grimes. I thought we got rid of him. He won't. He won't be on the roster next year. Yes. Okay. So he's gone. But our safety. The thing is, there's like, there's like no, there's no safeties. But that's here, no and void. Um. But I remembered my point, what I wanted to add. Go for it. Um, adding a pass rusher like Brian Burns, um, honestly, even like a Ed Oliver, who I would, if we were to take someone at interior D-line, I would be ecstatic if we took Ed Oliver. 40 today? Dude. Four, yeah. 471. Ooh, man, that's he's nice. literally been, he's, lit, he's literally been a baller since he was in high school, and I don't know why everyone would think he's not going to be a baller at the NFL. Like, he is a baller. Small and short arms, bro. It's just, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Donald, but it's the same 
stuff constantly. I hate it across every single sport. If the person is good and dominates at football, he the size won't be that big of a difference. I continue with your point. Sorry. If we could get a pass rusher, get that interior D line pass rusher, get an outside pass rusher like Josh Allen, like a Brian Burns, things of that nature. Bosa on the on the off chance that he drops. Um, no, I know, I know. I'm saying that, that's um, a pipe dream, but do we've seen we've seen crazier things. Amen. Um, but if you could get one of those, the biggest part that was wrong, the secondary can only cover for so long. Mm-hmm. But we just weren't getting to the quarterback. Like, yeah, JPP, you know, was one of our better pass rushers over the since Simeon Rice back in the day. But he still didn't have necessarily a career year. You know, he's mm-hmm. getting up in age. He's 30. I think he's going to be 31 this year. You know, he he's not in his prime. I mean, we saw Julius Peppers. You know, Julius Peppers played can play forever if he wanted to. But... You know he he's not electric. He's not going to burn you away with your with his athleticism anymore. It's just not going to happen. So we just weren't getting to the quarterback quickly enough. And at that point, it's just hard to recover receivers for that long. So if you help your pass rush, in turn, it indirectly helps your pass coverage and your DBs. Your DBs automatically get better if you can have a better pass rush. And Bulls has a is a likes is aggressive is an aggressive defense is aggressive defensive mind and now he's not gonna be in charge of running the whole organization he's gonna be in charge of one side of the ball and i i want to see i want to give him as much talent as possible because if there's one offensive person i trust it's bruce arians i mean there's people but i trust bruce arians to get the most out of his offense especially with the rumors that the homie chris godwin's moving to the slot and he sees him as a hundred catch guy you have that Lord. with healthy OJ Howard. I actually like the Brashad Perriman pickup. Oh, I love that because it's a stretch the field. Yeah, and he came on a little bit in Cleveland, and hopefully him and Jameis can get some. That's the main thing. If him and Jameis get some chemistry, how are you going to stop this offense? Plus Mike Evans. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, even we mention Mike didn't Evans. Didn't even mention Mike Evans. Who Cameron Brait still. Brate, uh, people think we're going to trade Brate to the Patriots, which I would, dis- I would just be, in- I would be distraught if that actually happened. But we don't need offense. This is if there's one draft for the Bucks to make the next step on the defensive side of the ball, it's this draft, which is why they have to nail this thing. Quick, I mean, we should be aiming for the four players to aim for, in my opinion, Allen. Bosa, Bosa is a pipe dream, but I don't see him going past San Francisco unless San Francisco trades down. But if Bosa, if they can draft Bosa, they're going to draft Bosa. Allen, Sweat, or trade down for Burns and Oliver. If because this is all about creating pass rush. Think about think about how like JPP had a great year. McCoy is still a good pass rusher. Vita Vea went healthy when he was in football shape. It was not it was cl- pretty dominant. And then Nassib came on. This is just, I just want all this pressure. We have speed. I just want to see it unleashed. That's all I care about. But well, then on a quick side, quick story about Robert Oaga. I was actually texting my best friend on the equipment staff that I work with. And he texted me about the... If you look at the Georgia Tech... Remember that we lost Georgia Tech on the Roberto yes. kick block, all that? Yeah. Right before that, you look at me. There's a picture. I got sent it a bunch of times. It's me, my friend Tyler, um, 
and Roberto, and we're sitting on the sidelines laughing. Bruno, is we called him Bruno, Bruno and Roberto are laughing, and I'm literally sitting on the trainer's table on my phone. If anyone actually saw that, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble, but luckily for me, no one wanted to rewatch that game. And then he's like, that's what ruined Roberto's career. I'm like, no, it didn't. Go back to the Rose Bowl game against Oregon in the, in the semifinal. We had like a 50-yarder at the end of half, and he missed it short. And ever since then, we saw it in practice, and in the games, he just slowly started losing confidence. And then for the Bucks, like you said, the pressure of being a second-round pick just mounted, just overwhelmed him too much. But, man, if I'm being honest, that was as good of a start we could have to the rebrand as possible, man. That was that was truly no ordinary pod. It was no ordinary pod. We gotta get. We gotta get. I love our intro. I mean, I know the intro. Dun, 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 dun. I love it, but we need something smooth, some jazz. So I don't know. if We can sample Sade because I don't want to get any. Because uh, we're gonna be posting this online and stuff and trying to make a little monetary little. We're trying to monetize our passion. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if we can use her samples to monetize it without a lawsuit. But I mean, if I got a lawsuit from Sade, that'd be pretty awesome. That means we have her autograph. But <laughs> would I get to meet her in court if I get sued by Sade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> potentially potentially um but yeah we had our first probably our first biggest dis- our biggest disagreements between the rosen and murray thing so we'll post that in itself the bucks con- we'll post honestly we'll just post these three clips separate the, these three clips separate because they're all three great content and they're all three interested so noah no ordinary pod the rebrand the beginning of the all-in pursuit has begun thank you my man for coming on and talking Thank you for having me back on the No Ordinary Pod. Sounds good. Hey, everyone, hour-long podcast. Thank you for Radio St. Pete. This is the No Ordinary Pod on the Radio St. Pete Network. Thank you, everyone, and enjoy your weekend.